Hey, what's up? Ooh, Chris, what you got? Uh, what you, what you, pa what you yo, packing right now, Chris? Yo, what you got? What's I got your the, fit? I got the hey, easy Chris done. fit check. I got, uh -huh. I got the Supreme T-shirt, thousand mm, yeah. dollars white T-shirt. Yeah. So you know what you got? I yeah. Got two chains for two, two chains. Mm -hmm. Two chains. Brandon, yeah. what you got on today? Yeah, my birthday suit on today. <laughs> 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 yeah, what's that? What's that contain, Brandon? Tell the audience. <laughs> Nothing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a no Santa pictures. hat. I got, I but I got my Gucci glasses on and a Santa hat, and that's it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> hey, and you already know what I got. I'm rocking the Tims. You see the ice on my wrist. You see the ice on. I got that Shadow the Hedgehog ice necklace. You know me. You know me. I'm rocking the fit. I'm like, I'm rocking the. I'm rocking that Supreme jacket. You know. Come on. Puffy We're here jacket. for a good time. I'm wearing the bucket hat, bro. Come on, we're here. We're here. We're looking. We're he dripped out is, because his hair is kind of dread. What? <laughs> hey, look at that. <laughs> look at this fucking fit, man. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we're dripped out. We're ready for stacked episode seventy-four. Uh, the episode about best costuming. Um, we're gonna be talking about. We're going to be talking about fits in movies, fits that characters wear in movies, you know? We want to talk about the drip in film, Cinema, cinematic drip. We're going to be talking about cinematic drip today. Um, we, picked this with, uh, we picked this topic because uh, Cyrano, Cyrano de Bergerac is coming to theaters this weekend, and uh, it is nominated for Best Costuming at the Oscars, so we thought, what better time to talk about drip and fits, you know? You'll see Even the you'll see the money, you'll see the shoes. <laughs> yeah, none of us have seen Cyrano, but we're gonna be talking about other costumes that could have that should have been nominated. I think one of I think one of mine was nominated for best costuming, maybe two. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Check, guys. This was a really hard list because I realize I know nothing about costuming in film. I don't like. <laughs> It was, like, insane, because I don't really, like, look at the costuming. I don't know. So I was just like, um, what do I pick? Sure so I went with, good. like, sure looks good, yeah. That, I, I'd wear that. <laughs> I'll pick that one. No, I went with the one that, like, uh, just, like, uh, I went with a visual-pleasing costumes. I just thought, like, just outfits and costumes that look really visually pleasing. I went with a really cool historical costuming, because historical costuming is really hard. And I think some of, some of those ones with really uh, intense costuming like that from the e olden times is really impressive. And then I went with a, a like a fantastical one, and like costuming from like a fantastical film that really suits my uh, my artistic taste buds. And I can't wait to share that one. So, guys, what was it like for you to come with your uh, best costuming list? Um. For me, it was sort of a similar... I actually did a very similar thing when picking my three. I wanted to not do, like, all historical, because honestly, it's, like, too easy. Like, yeah. if you're going... it's You could pick any biopic or any film from, like, pre-1970. Maybe pre-1980, mm -hmm. even. And, like, you can find, like, good costuming, you know, where it's, like, fitting for the time or fitting for the era. Um and I just wanted to limit that to one that I thought did it abundantly the best. And then I did a fantastical one like you because there's like maybe like there's science fiction or fantasy movies or like 
you know superhero movies with great costuming you know because yeah. those are like what those films are known for or something like dune which i don't know if we can choose but i don't know if i chose it um and we then i did we can't choose dune well i didn't choose it um but you could choose the david lynch dune if you like those uh, ones. <laughs> um and then if we're at if we're solely going on that then we also have like modern film costuming which is kind of hard because like how do you make a modern film costume good you know what i mm-hmm. mean because it's like so bland if you're living in the modern area you're not looking back at something uh you're you're kind of like have to read into like what the costuming is saying rather than oh this looks appropriate for the period or is very extravagant and unique yeah what about you chris um i think i had a similar process to you guys where i quickly realized that like because we're tacking tackling a whole discipline within the world of film um i had so many ideas and audible mentions um but also like real quickly realized like i'm not that well versed in the world of costuming just because like it's not something i'm i'm often like consciously thinking about when i'm watching a movie um i don't know my brain just doesn't flow that way and uh yeah. like um yeah and like you know there are definitely people out there who i'm sure love costumes and like will pay attention to them a lot more than i would um but yeah i, I quickly realized like wow there are so many great movies that have done like some amazing work with costuming um yeah shout out to the costume designers and their teams out there like i don't even know how to begin with that shit you know no me neither. Um, and like so one thing I quickly noticed um, that kind of helped drive the way I made my stack is that I realized that there was a lot of diversity in the kinds of costumes I could find. So I split mine up into three different categories. Uh, the first being like the authentic depiction of a period piece. Um, second one is like a daring kind of sci-fi fantasy designs. Um, and the third one, I kind of just want to have fun. And I chose like a, I went with a, like either a cool or iconic factor. Just Ooh. any kind of like just oh this is a sick sick costumes yeah that, and that was the basis for my last one um yeah also i did happen to notice and i don't know if you guys experienced this as well but i noticed that a lot of my picks come from mid to high budget studio films because costume designers have access to a lot of resources to be able to really go for it uh because dude costumes are, that's that's not cheap good costumes not cheap. that's big money um so, uh, but I hope that doesn't discredit the merits of costume design from smaller productions, but it just so happens that I tend to pick mid to high budget films for, for this one. Shout out to Kelly Brodjick, uh, film studies. Yeah. Student. Yes. Yeah. Fellow film studies students. I don't know if you listen to us, but we miss Maybe. you. Maybe. We heard we, you're doing good shit, by the way. Good yeah. stuff for you. She's like the most successful film studies person I know. So good Yeah. Great. Congrats. Bro, I will not. I will not lie though. There is a. There is one more from you know Justin McWilliams. Do you remember him? Oh that yeah. Was awesome, awesome film theory. Very successful DP now. Really? Yeah, he's shooting these amazing music videos. All of his stuff is shot on film. He's like the film DP now. Wow. Very very. very you know how to dude. blow your role. You know. Hey, I mean. and then and then look at us, right? Hey, hey the first podcast. the first the first billion dollar podcast stacked podcast. Million, million view, million listeners. I'm basically living out of my own car right now. It's so sad. Easy for you to say. I'm living in a mansion. I got money. I got cool. <laughs> also, just a, just an update for our stacky viewers. Oh, oh yes, we, we moved. 
Yeah, that's why there was yes. a no episode. Yeah. Uh, that's two. why there was no episode for. Yeah, that's why there was no episode last week, and that's why the la- the next episode was late because Brandon and I we have moved. We're no longer in a house together. We're in an apartment together. Uh, <laughs> we're five minutes away from Knott's Berry Farm. So why would you tell him that? Don't tell him that. Uh, because I want I wanted to find you. Brandon works at Knott's Berry Farm. Everyone, go find him. See your sidewinder. <laughs> Docs, <laughs> Docs live, <laughs> and you'll be finding me there because I got a buddy platinum pass, so I can go whenever I want for free. Woo! Uh, just a flex there, but yeah, we've moved now. We're in a smaller place, so apologies if you hear screaming children in the podcast now. Uh, there's uh, a lot of screaming children. <laughs> There yeah, was I know. Uh, there was never a band. Brand Brand's a... picked up a new hobby. Um, so now there's gonna be screaming children in the walls. Uh, no, we just there's a lot of children at this <laughs> complex, and our our window walls are thin. So if you ever hear a, <laughs> that's not us. It's a kid from outside. I can't can't control that. Sorry, haha. Sorry. There's no you. ban on kids in this area. Okay, yeah, I guess okay. not. Alrighty, all right, let's yeah. So let let's get into this. Yeah, we've moved. Um, all right. Before we get into our picks, of course, we run down the rules of the show. Once a week, we set a topic or theme, go our separate ways, construct our own three film stack. Then after a week, we come back here on the podcast and share our own stacks, one film at a time. Then at the end of the show, we will mix and match our nine films, make the ultimate decision what quintessential three film stack we are checking out of this hypothetical video store. First up. The great Brandini himself, Brandon. What's your Me? first best costuming film? So I'm going to blow my load um, with a period piece. I'm picking Heck Russian yeah. Ark from 2002. Russian Ark? Russian yeah, look Ark. this movie up because I don't think you guys have seen it. Hmm. Oh, wow. Okay, so this is a one-take movie. Uh, I saw it a while ago, like two, two, I feel like two years ago is about right. And it's basically taking you through Russian history through this museum and like showing off all kinds of like uh, art and majestic like historical events that were happening as a result of what is it is Russian, right? Yeah, it's Russian art. What am I thinking? No, it's Greek, uh, actually, but it's Russian art. So. I'm joking. Is it really? I'm joking. Oh, I'm, by the I'm, way, I'm before before I say that, the guy, uh, shout out to Bob McDuff, the oh. actor who who from the I Think You Leave sketch, he passed away today. The dude who goes, oh. I'm joking, or give me that. He passed away today, so R.I.P. Anyways, Brandon, continue with Russian arc. Um, very interesting of you to say that in the middle of our podcast when I'm talking about. My pick, it's okay. It's fine. Well, we but we brought up. I'm joking, and I just wanted to, you know, pay our respects. Yeah, yeah, pay our respects. Um, pay effort, press F for respects. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it it basically takes place in like a museum over the over like thirty three rooms, and it does all this historical stuff. So you get the evolution of style as you go from like room to room to room and there's so much of it it's a massive movie even though it's like a breezy 90 minutes like about it's around there 
like you see like the regalness of like costume and you see like the bottom like where it seems like it's just sheets but it's like not it's like very well coordinated and it's a very beautiful movie and honestly it's one of those movies where style over substance makes a lot of sense Hmm. that's cool yeah yeah that's something i've kind of like um as soon as because i like when you said the title i searched it up and i was like this movie looks familiar. I feel like I might have seen like, and then I realized I've seen like a segment of this movie in my cinematography, one of my cinematography classes in back at Chapman. And yeah, it is a very like beautifully stylized film. Um, like you said, Brandon. Yeah. And like there are certain films out there, like people often say like, you know, substance over style always, you know, but there are, there are certain films where style can be the substance. Or can be yes. deeply yeah. in service to the substance. Um, and I think this, I mean, based on what you've told me and like just looking at what I've seen, like I can, <clears throat> sorry, I can totally imagine why. And the one take nature of this, I mean, sorry, 1917, you know, um, is this movie a stunt? No, nah, it looks like a gimmick <laughs> <Nah>. to me. <laughs> sorry. They were really trying to. It was a very, very, very successful gimmick for it to get attention all over the world. Did this movie <laughs> get know. any love at like Oscars or anything? I don't think it did. I mean, it's it's fairly well known. I think like a, a lot of people have heard of this movie. I think I, but I don't. I don't think a lot of people have like actually like sat down to watch it because like I I get it like the conceit to like sit down and watch like Russian history as like. Well, one take is kind of challenging, right? Yeah, it's say. a hard sell. That's a hard sell because it's like it's not going to always have a lot of dialogue. It's not going to have a consistent story, and without cuts, I feel like a lot of people would like lose interest. Yeah, yeah um, that's cool. I think I I think I heard of this movie um, in like a Cinefix like top ten thing about costuming, or it was either that or cinematography because I remember they were talking about the one take. Um, and I, I vaguely remember this film and boy, howdy. Yeah. This is a, this is quite a yeah. picture to, cho- to choose for costuming. Cause like it's, it's, that's so cool. I, I, I just, I didn't know really what it was about, but it's like, I, I love that. It's like taking through history one room at a time and that mm-hmm. leaves for, uh, the costume designer to ha- go through so much research and like work into putting all these detailed costumes. Um, and they look so detailed. I mean, Russian, like Russian fashion in general is just always so detail oriented and like, uh, so focused on just like the tiniest things, you know? Um, and it, it really shows to this film and I got to check it out. Uh, you know, Caroline's a big fan of Russian cinema. I wonder if she's seen this and she likes fashion too. So maybe I'll watch it with her. See, see what she thinks, you know, she's real aficionado with this stuff. So. I'm in. Sounds good to me. All right, Chris, let's go through your first costuming film. All right. My first film is also a period piece film. Um, I want to quickly shout out three, a uh, couple honorable mentions for a period piece because I'm probably not going to pick them. Well, I'm not going to pick them. Um, <laughs> Grand Budapest, Titanic, yep. Pirates of the Caribbean, and Handmaiden. Um, I hope I didn't just steal one of your guys' picks. Um, those but... were definitely under the consideration. Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Um, but I wanted to pick a movie that actually came out last year because uh, this this movie has weirdly stuck with me. 
Um, I'm picking uh, Pablo Lorraine's Spencer. Oh, Spencer. I I really like this movie. Um, it's grown on me a lot over time. Um, so real quick, um, I'll just explain that Spencer tells a story of Princess Diana of Wales on the critical weekend of her life where she decided that her marriage to Prince Charles wasn't working. Um, a very simple slice of life movie. Um, and uh, not only does it provide a really earnest and honest gaze into the life and psyche of Princess Diana, um, obviously a very troubled person who uh, endured a lot of things uh, while she was involved with the royal family. Speaking of which, the other side of the film is a, a huge indictment of the royal family. Um, I usually try not to get too political in conversations as a whole, but as someone whose home was colonized and then abandoned by these fuckers, I'll pretty happily say this publicly. Yeah, fuck the royals. Um, oh, the, the queen has the the queen has COVID. I think that's <laughs> kind of funny. Um, Chris so, making enemies with this podcast. Oh uh, yeah, the the British royal family, my my true blooded enemy. Um, anyway, <laughs> enough jabbing at them. Um, because I'm not there. I'm not here to talk about those lizard people. Um, I'm here to talk about this movie's costume design, which I think is fantastic. Um, it captures that early '90s high British fashion aesthetic really well. Um, and especially like I think what makes this the look of this film, the look of the costumes work so well is how well it's paired with this film's like really impeccable cinematography and production design. Um, Princess Diana is known for being a very, very fashionable woman and they carry that over really well. All of the costumes look incredibly authentic to real costumes, costumes, real outfits that she's worn publicly. Um, there are scenes that are recreated that um, we have, real, there's real footage of her. Um, yeah, and like the costumes really just breathe through the screen for me when I see this. Um, yeah, um, you know, the movie is very eerie in its visual design, but it's also kind of gorgeous in its own twisted kind of way, I guess kind of like Clockwork Orange, you know, if you know what I mean. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think the costumes play a big role in making that work so well. And yeah, I, I think Spencer has some great costumes, and I thought it was great. Um, Ethan, did you see Spencer? No, but it just got onto Hulu, and I need to watch that because, fun fact, I haven't seen any of the Best Actress nominees for this year at the Which, Oscars. But, but he's seen all the Best Picture nominees. I've seen all the Best Picture nominees, but I haven't seen any of the Best Actress. So that's going to be my homework. My biggest piece of homework is to watch all of those before. They say believe women, but Ethan's not. You know. What? I, no, I just believe in <laughs> women that I thought were better than those ones. <laughs> Oh, I haven't no. seen the performances. Yeah, I I mean it's a good period piece. Uh, I think the way the lighting plays off the uh the characters is really interesting. It also goes for like it's kinda like the modern aesthetic, like the transition from period to modern, which is really nice. Uh, I think a lot of reasons why the academy didn't jump for it was because it was set in like the 80s or 90s i can't remember which decade but i think it was 90s actually but yeah it's more modern but like the style is like almost synonymous with princess diana um because like throughout her like 
I, it, it's not really a reign because she wasn't like queen or anything, but throughout her time as princess, like she was like scrutinized for everything and, and yeah. including her style. And I feel like that's true with most people in power. Um, you often like you see that with Obama, like they criticized him for wearing a tan suit or M- Melania Trump, which she was uh, the first lady for like wearing like, I, I don't know, very extravagant dresses, you know, like not like not professionally extravagant, like almost like too much, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so like you, you often see that with films and I think they capture that really well here. And like her style is like the, you see it all like she has like a whole wardrobe of it. And like they're yeah. going through it out throughout the movie, and you get to see her wear I don't know how many costumes, but quite a few. Some of them are like homely, some of them are formal. Uh, some like she just wants to feel like a normal person, and it like she can't. And I think yeah. that's like really probably the best part about the movie is because like it interacts with like the character. Sometimes yeah. in co- costuming just looks cool, or is just yeah. really detailed, or has like a large scale like with Russian arc, but with like princess diana and spencer like that is like almost intrinsically connected with her character yeah it's I, on I the think poster so too even. like even outside of the film like i haven't seen the movie but i know like from what i know of princess diana i remember like one of her biggest like defining traits was like her sense of fashion and like what she wore like that was something a lot of people talked about you know um, even if it even if the movie kind of takes that down a little bit not a spoiler oh, really? but not that she wasn't like it was wasn't okay. her style it was that it kind of the royal family kind of scripted some of the things and now oh, it's really? not based on like it is based on truth but we don't know like the actual truth because like princess diana's dead you know so how are we gonna have a tell-all book about what? that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's news um but uh like the she was like unhappy that she had like a specific wardrobe set for her even if she was a very like iconic fashion nista mm-hmm. so yeah Alrighty. hell yeah i'm glad we brought this up well my first film uh is one is actually one that chris already shouted out so thank you for that chris uh just kidding oh sorry uh <laughs> you're good dude you didn't know uh i'm choosing grand budapest hotel is mine. I hey. wanted to choose a Wes Anderson film uh, for this because I think his costuming in his films is always pretty uh, delightful. Um, and I, I just had to go with this one because um, just like the way he takes uh, all sorts of European, Eastern European influences in his costuming, um, playing off of multiple uh, periods of time you know, in the film. So we get multiple periods of costuming. Uh, and just like, but I think my, by far my favorite aspect of the costumes in this is the, like the coloring and how they're, they look like the, the bellboy costumes and like, and just all the workers at the hotel wearing that, that rich purple with the red. And like, uh, I don't know if it's a velvet that they're wearing but it sure looks like it. And then with the gold highlights to it all, uh, it's just so charming and visually pleasing. And it just like every outfit in this world, in this, in, I guess in this movie, in this, like the world movie, uh, like complements the lighting and the cinematography that Anderson uses. And it is just like, I remember that was one of my first picks uh, when I thought about costuming. I had to pick this one. Cause I was just like, that's, 
one of the only films where my eye is always drawn to what the people are wearing. So I had to go with Grand Budapest Hotel. What do you guys think? It's a great, great yeah, costume sorry, movie. Uh, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, I, I would agree. Like the like, I mean, like Wes Anderson's films are always very visually driven um, in every way. But I guess, yeah, I mean, like costuming is just as vital of a part in his films as any other aspect of visual design. And Grand Budapest probably has, yeah, my favorite costumes of all of his films. Um, yeah. He, yeah, I love like the films. The films overall look like those pastel, vibrant colors and everything. And like just the way, like this kind of like, I forget, when is this movie set? The, like, it's like it's a set, fictional well, portrait of the, like, the, yeah, yeah, the 40s, yeah. I think, right? Because it's, or the yeah, 30s. Um, 30s right or 40s, forget, yeah. But yeah, like, There's cars, it, it's so, so, it's so well done. And I think, like, you can tell how much detail went into it. Um, it's so vibrant and so just like, I don't know. It's one of those, it, there, it's it's like a visual treat every time you get to look at um, any of the characters wearing whatever. And it's so, it's it, frankly, there's an aspect to it that as intricate as they all are, it's also just so pretty. Like the costumes yeah. are just nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, and credit what credits do, like that's very well done. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a reason I I shouted this movie out, and Bada there you go. Yeah, Brando. It made my shortlist for costuming, especially for period pieces. Chris named a lot of the ones that I was thinking about when I was going through the period pieces, and Grand Budapest is one of them, just because everything feels a part of the same world. Often, it, you can have like films where costuming is like it doesn't look like one's wardrobe is from another and it's nothing to do with variety because there's plenty of variety in this film but everything feels of the same age and texture and feel and it feels just like right uh and i feel like a lot of elements from this movie kind of blend together like that but none more than the costumes because like you've got like this uniform style between each of the hotels you know because there's there's the grand budapest hotel but then there's all of the other hotels and like establishments that uh ralph finds his character is kind of connected to and they each have like very similar like rainbow colors and like they're the society of i think the golden keys or something like that yeah and like it's it's nice that they like are able to blend that through many different like either cultures or groups or whatever and like like you said i feel like colorful like is the word that comes to mind when i think about the costumes in this movie because there there is variety like i said but like the color is what pops you know to have a purple outfit be what your main two protagonists wear is like very bold of a choice because all the stuff in the 60s and the 80s sequences are more washed out and muted Mm -hmm. whereas like it makes like the 1930s stuff pop and i really appreciate that Super fucking cool. All right. I'm glad we got to talk about this one. Um, All right. Let's go to the second round here, Brandon. What's your second pick? All right. So here's my uh, fantastical pick. It's Ooh. kind of a period piece. It's kind of not. It's uh, The Adventures of Baron Mushausen. What? Terry Gilliam? That dude? Yeah. Yeah. Tell that guy. Yeah, well, tell us about this it. was not. I didn't know until like literally a few minutes ago when i was like looking up the film 
that this film was nominated for best costume design but it makes sense because yeah because i was thinking to myself like when i was trying to think like what are movies like i wasn't looking at letterbox i was just like thinking what movies are movies where i think the costumes stand out and i was like this movie because it's a globe trotting film because it deals with human myth and it deals with the like the human mind and how we interpret things as children or as adults like tor- stories and tall tales. So as a costume designer you have a, like a lot of room to play with the fantasy elements uh involved with that. Like you you see these characters and you're like this is like straight out of a child's imagination even if it's like not actually like a child but tall tales are what come from children you know and they have to imagine that and like when you imagine these stories this is what you get you get a guy who looks like a pirate basically as your lead protagonist uh wearing like a frilly hat with like lots of feathers and like like almost like those like shower sponges that they have on your head and it's like (laughs) super elegant and velvety and then he's got a band of misfits that are dressed in like a bunch of different like kinds of clothing that are like colorful much like a wes anderson movie Mm -hmm. um but like more playing upon the fantastical element rather than having it be grounded there's like scary costumes like there's this like black angel of death that's like kind of creepy um there's the robin williams alien costume who's like he's the king of everything and he's like looks like he has like two heads on him or something like that and like when you think when you think about it this is like a costumer's like dream to dress a film whether like yeah to dress a film like this to like have a film where you can kind of play with the historical vibes as well as the fantastical ones because it blends the two kind of seamlessly i don't know ethan you have you seen this film like i know no, you might have mentioned no but i'm i'm well aware of the works of terry gilliam this is one of the few that i haven't seen um yeah this looks fucking nuts dude what the hell i'm looking at robin williams character is he's the king of everything is that what he yeah. is yeah, he's he like this giant is. like satellite dish that like his head is like a Roman column. Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. Yeah, it is. It, this one is just this one just is extremely flamboyant in terms of its costuming and just like it's an explosion of imagination. I can just tell, you know, it's an explosion of like of um paying respects to di- different folklore and cultures. It seems you know you get all sorts of uh parts of the world in the in these costumes um it also seems pretty russian as well i think brands stick with the trend he's he's sort of he's a fan of the russian fashion i can see let me choose my third film the cranes are flying actually it's not that, but <laughs> they have good costuming in that too yeah he's just yeah. you're just a russian head you're just a fan of that stuff it's fun tarkovsky next baby let's yes. um but yeah, it's just this looks like a I think Whimsical calling it storybook like is very on the nose. Like I'm just I sorry, I'm just going through like all these stills. Ooh, there's the angel of death. Looks like the Grim Reaper. Yeah. That's fucking scary. Ooh. Oh I don't know if I can watch this movie now. It's scary. Anyways, yeah, that looks fucking cool. I wanna watch it. I love Terry Gilliam, and that's one of the very few. Is that on Criterion still? Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Fuck. But if we, if you give me permission, I will purchase. Well, yeah, of course I'll. Get, we we have shelf space now. 
So okay, you can good. buy as many Blu-rays as you want now. Oh, as but many not too, as I want. Not too many. Not too many. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, uh, Ethan. What? I just bought 500 packages. Oh, no. All right, Chris, what what do you think of this movie? What do you think? Um, I haven't seen very many uh, Ter- Terry Gilliam films. Gil- How do I pronounce this? Gilliam? Ter- Gilliam? Gilliam. Yeah. Uh, I haven't seen very many of his films. I only recently saw uh, uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail with you guys. Um, I thought it was great. Um, I have never even heard of this film, but just looking at uh, Letterboxd, this is, I can tell this is a very creative film. Like one that I feel like, it seems like the kind of thing that someone dreamed up one day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm looking at the cast list. Like this is like, I don't recognize very many of the people. Like there are people who like names I kind of recognize, but like, for example, like Jonathan Price, I recognize, and like um, Sting is in this movie. Yeah, you'll um, see. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like, I I always admire like movies that like feel like a some a person's dream came to life, and yeah, I'm sold on that. I think that's pretty cool. There's, and I do like what you said, Brandon, about how this movie seems like a really great opportunity for a costume designer to kind of go crazy because. They have the period piece aspect, but you can also go into fantasy stuff, which I think those are two genres that uh you know really do you know give the op- give opportunity for the costume designer to kind of really get creative, you know. Um, yeah, and yeah, I think that's great. Hell, yes! So many cool, unique picks for this costume episode. I'm glad we're not all doing something similar. Let's continue that trend, Chris, with your second nope. pick. What is it? Um, all right, you guys must have seen this coming. I'm picking Blade, the first Blade Runner. Oh, I thought you were going to say you were Blade. Picking Blade. I was like, well, Wesley Snipes? Blade. Okay. <laughs> I was like, the costuming uh, that was okay, I guess. Fuck. Um, I was so close to picking Blade Runner, but I'm glad you did. Let's talk about it. Um, so Blade Runner, um, not only does this movie feature my favorite aesthetic of like these vividly smoggy neon lits urban cityscapes um, built around the look of Hong Kong city biased. I know, but give that a sci-fi neo-noir twist. I mean, come on, like that's just money in your pocket right there. Um, The world of Blade Runner. I've, while researching this, I quickly realized that the, like the world of Blade Runner is, is without question my absolute favorite quote-unquote aesthetic in all of the arts um i love the way this movie looks and it's so rugged it feels so lived in um so filled with inspiration in its costume design from like i swear like french avant-garde fashion um and like it just screams a world of diverse cultures people and looks um and like you know, th- like the world of Blade Runner is so indescribably sublime, and that works for the story wonderfully. Um, and it's a testament to the quality of the craftsmanship behind this film. Um, it's such a visual treat, and I think the costumes play a big role in that. Um, and there's a, almost even a small part of me that feels like I might actually like um, the look of this movie more than the actual movie. I can't say the same about its sequel because I love its sequel more than anything. Um, but yes, I do think the costumes in this are just so interesting and vibrant because every person that walks down the street of this fictional version of LA, it's just like, you could you look at them and you're like, that person looks interesting. 
or like I don't know they're wearing something interesting like I don't know everything just has like such personality to it um and it all just like it's so you, you like there's stuff that just like just look it just looks fucking dope or it's like I've never seen anything that looks like that before um it's that nice balance for me between like the like the weird sci-fi-ness of like a total recall mixed with like that kind of sleek noirness of like a like a noir film from the 40s or whatever yeah um yeah and i really dig that um ethan you said you came close to picking blade runner what do you think i came very close um yeah i think you i, I think you hit the nail on the head where it's just like a brilliant decision to sort of combine cyberpunk um futurism with uh sort of the sleek grittiness of 40s noir in terms of the costuming in this film but that's only for a few characters too you can also sort of sense like the there's a lot of eastern influence in the costuming as well as the production design you know a lot of eastern futurism um in just like what they wear and sort of i feel like the materials and like the coloring you can sort of sense that but then it's also sort of you get senses of like the trench coats and like the the pinup suits and like uh the leather you know from like 40s like noir films you know like some humphrey bogart films you know um and i just the, the scenes whenever like deckard's just like walking through the streets and like through big crowds it's like it's a visual feast of just looking like looking at who's wearing like what people are wearing and like what different lives it so because the world building this film is like there's a lot of different people left behind on earth while people are out in space like los angeles truly becomes a melting pot of cultures and you can see that in this film it's a melting pot of different futuristic cultures coming at you in the streets of this mo of this future LA. Well, I guess it's not the future anymore. It's LA two years ago, you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> which I'm like, what the fuck? I, I don't remember it looking like this. What, what the hell? All right, fine. Um, I love that. But it's just, it's so fucking cool to look at. I love the big jackets with the big collars, the big popped collars. Um, and the really cool design pattern shirts that they wear. Like, I just, Deckard's, like, outfit, I'm looking at it right now. Like, it's so cool. Like, the with the big pop collar, like, trench coat jacket. And then he's wearing, like, this weird shirt with, like, it, it looks like some, like, Argyle circuitry pattern with that and the tie. And then, like, some grainy gray, like, dress pants. And it's just, like... It shouldn't work, but it does, you know? Like, I just, I love how everything looks in this film. And I think this movie's, like, just as good as its costuming, unlike Chris. I think this movie's fucking amazing. Brandon, what do you think? I never even thought, I didn't even think about this movie when I was thinking about this list. Really? Um, yeah, because when I think about 80s futurism, it all sort of blends together for me. Like, I feel like... Uh, when I think about Blade Runner's costume design, I pair it with Total Recall, like, frankly. Like, that Verhoeven style that you see in his science fiction works. Um, where it's, like, 
it's sort of modern, but it's like just a little bit enough of crazy to be like, this is the future now and that we've progressed in a way that we can like wear different kinds of materials. Because honestly, I think about materials when I think about the costuming in these movies, like they use a lot of plastics, uh, like on top, like over the top, or if you, it, it, it indicates wealth, if you're wearing like fur or like a fur coat or something that's really puffy. You know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. kind of like an exaggerated style of today in that sense. Uh, you mean, you've also got like leather, uh, which uh, Deckard love interest uses in or wears in the movie. And yeah, yeah Rachel's I mean, I mean, Rachel's costume is so cool in this movie, mm-hmm. like with the and, yeah, big shoulder pads. Whoa. What I won't disagree with is that it is an iconic outfit and I not not just an iconic outfit, but like an iconic costume like that deckard has even if it's like not necessarily the most colorful or not necessarily the most like out there like it's very plain looking but like you guys said it kind of like captures the perfect middle ground between the the futurism and the noir which is i think very hard to do but they've found a way to like capture that in a way that is both grounded as well as fantastical, if that makes any sense. Like, I think of Back to the Future 2 having somewhat similar look in terms of, like, ties and, like, suits and stuff like that. Back? No, uh, what? Yeah, literally. Back to the look two? At, yeah, look at the Yeah, look at the materials on the clothes in which they go to the future. Yes, the clothes in Back to the Future are much more colorful in that movie. But, like, it is, like, very similar in, like, the way that ties are done and the way that overshirts are done. You're just not going to see anybody walking around Hill Valley in a trench coat. Um, that, okay, you right. like, I, I take it back. Yeah. You, you're on to something. Yeah. I, think, yeah. I think it's a decade later than Blade Runner. Like, I think it's 50s mixed with futurism where Blade Runner is 40s. But I still, yeah. I can see your point. Yeah. So that's why I didn't pick anything from that time period in the future not saying it was not good it's just like not one of those films stood out to me in terms of their production design or costume design sorry not production design that's not this episode all right this is good iconic costuming that i love all right so i guess we're getting all of our fantastical films out of the way this round so i'll do mine um my second pick is um Something that I thought could never be adapted to on screen. Um, and that is the art style of one of my favorite comic book artists of all time. Um, it's Jack Kirby. And of course, the film that I'm talking about is Thor Ragnarok. Um, mm. I think if you look, I'm, I'm not even talking about like the main hero's costumes. I think actually Loki has like, he has his ugliest costume in Thor Ragnarok besides that one. I think it's worse than his costume in any of the other Thor movies. Loki's, yeah, yeah. In Thor, I I agree. I think I think that was I I think it's a one sore thumb out of this movie. But everything else, all the other costuming in this film is, oh, it is just like it is a classic '60s like science fiction fans dream. You're look at like the what the people of Sakaar wear, the Sakaar guards, the way Taika Waititi and the costume designer of this film are able to implement. Jack Kirby's crazy bright colors and line art and like sharp black lines and these crazy helmet designs and armor designs. You think that could never work on screen, but the way it does in this film, 
it, it just like it makes me go mm, chef's kiss and i especially just in I live wish... action what especially, especially in live action especially in live action you're just like wow I, I had no idea that could be that could pull off so well and it makes me just angry all the more at the costumes of eternals because <laughs> jack up, kirby's designs bro. He goes, he goes all out in Eternals, and they just make it so fucking stupid. It's so washed out and so... <sighs> ugh, it, I hate the costumes of Eternals, but Taika Waititi, he, knows, he gets Jack Kirby in this film, and he goes for it 100%, gives it all. I think it also implements the costuming of modern Thor comics in terms of the look of, like, Hela, the executioner of what Thor is wearing. I think it's a good mix of, like... Uh, the modern Jason Aaron Thor, um, mixed with like some of the classic stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, where he sort of has like that plain chest pad with the the cape, you know, um, yeah, and how Taika Waititi he implements neon colors into Thor's costume too, when by having like the some more blues in it and everything, you know, it's just like it is is a colorful feast. It is. Um, a love letter to the artist that created so many that created Thor and so many iconic Marvel characters that I have never seen done before in a comic book movie. Jack Kirby, I had to pick Thor Ragnarok because it's like it's like the one MCU movie where like the costumes is one of the first things I think of and like the looks of characters. You know, it's one of the most visually distinct MCU movies, so that's why I had to pick it. What do you guys think? Mm-hmm. I think. Um... You're right, it's very distinct. Um, like you said, it like it draws inspiration from all kinds of like uh past comic books and versions of Thor. Mm-hmm. Uh I, I and it doesn't I feel like it's one of the few MCU properties, much like Guardians, but I don't think Guardians plays enough with costuming. Um yeah. that is able to like distance itself from the main MCU. You know, you kind of get that with Loki too, but it, even then it plays into like more uh, familiar, like office style aesthetics and like you can go like that retro futurism route. But I, I think one of the things that I really think is quite layered about the film is that every 20 years or so, um, society gets like nostalgia for the 20 years earlier. Yeah. So in the 2010s, or yeah you were like looking at the late 80s aesthetic you know Mm -hmm. as the thing and this is very much paying homage to that neon lit aesthetic it's it's that but mixed with but then the design 60s which is so which is the what so it's like layered like nostalgia because it's also playing upon like you said the 1960s comics you know because it does look like that it's not not saying a lot of those 60s comics are a little more plain though but when you're looking at the art of like Jack Kirby, a Steve Gitko like them, mm-hmm. you have like the in the infamous uh, bubbles and like li- like you said the line art uh, with with these with their art and it's very much depicted well on these screens. You know, um, I-, I love all the costumes in this movie. It's like steampunk esque in a lot of cases. Asgard doesn't feel it feels like it's almost evolved from the previous films, but in terms of its costuming, because in the other films, it seems more formal. Like I was re- referencing with Russian arc, sort of more regal in its look. Yeah. Like a, like a Shakespearean look. Whereas like mm-hmm. now it kind of matches with the rest of like the cosmic MCU with like line art and stuff in the fabrics 
I love that. Yeah. But like you said, Loki's costume is like the weakest part. All this stuff it's just on like Sakaar a green body is suit. really good. Mm-hmm. It's not good. Yeah, whereas the Sakar costumes, for the most part, are really good. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very good stuff. What do you think, Chris? Yeah, I do think this is um, like I love how vibrant of a movie this is. The like the transition from Thor two to Thor Thor three, you can very much tell the director has changed. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I think it it works very well. The um, the vibrancy of this new take on Thor really does shine through, and I think the costume is a great example of that. Um, yeah, I think I think overall, like just like the way it carries over tone from the transition between those two kind of that big shift that Thor as a character took. Um, I think that this movie kind of expresses that really well in its costuming. Um, I love just like, I mean, yeah, overall, just like the fabrics, the, the, the textures, the way everything kind of has that, like, yeah, that as guardian and like alien grandeur to it. But like, also, yeah, like there's, it's, there's something just kind of like old school as well about it, you know, like, the aesthetic of this movie kind of has like a techno funk futurism to it. And mm. I think it works really well in this movie. Um, I'm trying to think what else I can add to the conversation that you guys haven't mentioned already, but largely that's it. Like it works well for Thor. I think like it helps give his character a little bit more lightness to him. Um, and yeah, it just, it just works great. Um, I think this is a, a very well designed, like uh, the costume design of this movie is really well done. Um, and yeah, I think, it, and I think, um, Ethan, you brought up how like you weren't a big fan of um, how the Eternals handled this, um, but you really liked how Thor Ragnarok handled it. And for me, like it works so well because um, the tone of this film meshes perfectly with the vibrancy of its costumes, yeah. whereas Eternals has this kind of more realism kind of take on things. Mm-hmm. But the costumes are still kind of out there. And I guess that's kind of the point, you know, makes these heroes stand out a lot more against the realism. But it's also like, I like how the costumes in Thor Ragnarok meshes like seamlessly with the world that they create. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. super, super cool. All right. Let's go into our final round here. Brandon, what's your last pick? So we're going into the wild card round now, and I decided to go with. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wild card, bitches! Yeehaw! Anyways. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with a modern <laughs> film that does like a, adapts like a contemporary style. I'm choosing American Beauty. American Beauty. Yeah. Oh, didn't even think of Inter- that for costuming. Yeah, well, I get it. <laughs> because this film is like, uh, honestly, it's taken a hit in terms of its reputation, considering the lead actor's sort of, I don't know what to say about it, controversy. Uh, but what is like fantastic about the movie and its style is that it adapts suburban life very perfectly. You've got Mino Suvari's character, who is like essentially the lolita you know she's the the gays character for the male audience so she is wearing like what you'd see in something like euphoria today 
which is like the iconic <laughs> style of a she teenager. goes to euphoria high <laughs> <laughs> she goes to euphoria high that better get us a thousand views i swear to god no but then you've got like <laughs> kevin spacey and annette benning's characters whose style are like sort of grounded in niche's parents and like well put together and like uh i don't want to say uptight but i have to say like professional for what like parents are expected to dress like and like he like one wears a sweater vest and like the the uh the mom of uh, annette benick's character wears like very professional clothing for her business work but then you as the movie progresses you very much see that juxtaposed against uh kevin spacey's like uh lessening like style he is like becoming more and more like a child more and more like a 20 something stuck in his 40s you know where he's like not wearing like as much clothes he's wearing like looser fitting clothes which is a choice he eventually gets a job at a fast food restaurant and has to like work in like that 90s ugly like uh middle age minimum wage uniform that i'm sure like a lot of teenagers would have to relate to and like it it, i think that's interesting to age a character through their clothing and to show like how over time maybe that changes because somebody goes through like a midlife crisis or somebody's cheating on their husband or somebody has made the object of somebody else's affection and that's why I kind of dig the costuming in this movie because it's subtle and it's contemporary and it's not very colorful, but it actually is doing a lot of work uh, su- uh, subtly behind the scenes. Wow, this is a this is quite an analysis here. I, uh, yeah, this is a pretty wild card pick, but I like, you, you made a good argument. That was a good yeah. articulated argument. Like when you said American Beauty, my brain was like, what? Is Brand just talking about the the rose petals on the naked woman? Is that what he's just talking about? I mean that it. I mean that is wardrobe, right? But like, no, that's not (laughs) what I'm talking about mainly. No, but yeah, you you expressed how like the costumes transition alongside the characters as the story progresses, and I think that I mean that's costume. That feels that to me that feels like you know costume as storytelling one hundred and one. You know what I mean? Like. And that's great. I think that 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 really shows an attention to detail as well as like motivation for for great costume design. Um, and yeah, you know, I, I, with a film like this, you know, it's not all that flashy. You know, it's not the kind of movie that's like showing off its costumes all that much. But for um, you know, much like any other discipline, sometimes subtlety and the fact that you don't notice it but you feel it mm-hmm. is the point. And yeah. I think, yeah, I, I mean, you, you made a good argument for it and I can totally see why you like, it's a, it's an unconventional pick for costume design for sure. But Absolutely. one, one that I would, I wouldn't immediately discredit, okay, I, it sounds like you would discredit this, discredit this pick immediately, but once you kind of dissect it, it's, you can at least make an argument for this and it, I see it. Yeah. With the other two characters in the film that I didn't mention or three characters, you get, uh chris cooper's character who's like very also tight and then you've got wes bentley and um thora birch's character who are like outcasts so they're wearing that 90s punk gear too and i kind of dig that as well but ethan what were you gonna say sorry i cut you off i i just find it cool that you picked out this film specifically to take a lens into the costuming because this is a movie about the gays not like the gays of multiple characters you know we have Kevin Spacey and how he perceives people, his desires, 
everything like that. We see, you know, the other characters. We see Chris Cooper and how he perceives everything like that. Um, and automatically, what is one of the first things we think about when we think about perceiving other people? It's what they wear, you know? Um, and American Beauty has to play with that through the costuming. And I think you did a really cool analysis of that. Um, way to go, Brandon. Let's go. The Kevin Spacey movie. Let's go. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, let's go. <laughs> Brand. let's go Brandon. no no don't say that <laughs> okay i gotta i gotta share a thing about i was at newport the other day and you know you know what at restaurants they have like those chalkboard signs that you can put out on the sidewalk that can have yeah of course. like today's specials are uh um, yeah it was a chalkboard sign that had one of those joe biden i did that stickers placed at the top oh. it was and it was like really tiny and then there was a giant arrow pointing at it and then <laughs> underneath the arrow in all quotations it said let's go brandon i agree and then it quoted sleepy joe <laughs> and then there's another sticker next to sleepy joe that had joe biden with mickey ears that said creepy in the disney font <laughs> i was like what is this it's so fucking stupid what is it trying to convey it's like it's nonsense let's go Brandon. i agree sleepy joe creepy I don't think this restaurant likes Disney. Joe Biden. That's all I'm thinking. Um, anyways, American Beauty. Yeah, cool analysis. Uh, Thank you. I, I was think, I was worried on how you guys would take it. To be I, honest, I I think it's I think it's a bold choice because, I, I, maybe right now 2000s fashion is coming back. As you were saying earlier in the podcast, we're now looking back at like what's 20 years behind as a point of nostalgia, but like. As of right now, I think to that like early two thousand fashion and late nineties is sort of kind of the ugliest eras of fashion that we have. <laughs> totally, because um, it's so plain. And I yeah. think this movie plays into that, though. I yeah. think this movie absolutely plays into that, and that's a with skill. the hipster characters, you know. Yeah. yeah. So I I don't know. I, I I was like, it's not what you immediately think, and that's why I was like, it kind of is perfect for that in that sense. Yeah. yeah. I agree. As that chalkboard would say, let's go, Brandon. I agree. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. All right. There's Brandon's stack. Fucking wild. These are just some wild stacks that, like, they don't really have anything to do with each other thematically, but they just got no, good costumes. Nothing. All right, Chris, let's take it in your last pick. All right. Um, my last pick is, well, let me preface by saying this. I've always said that I wished we lived in a world where wearing stuff like cloaks and capes was fully normalized. Unfortunately, yeah. we don't live in that in that world. Um, so realistically, if I had to describe my ideal fashion taste, I feel like there, uh, like I felt like I'm gonna have to finish my stack off with a movie that exhibits just that. Sky. And I'm picking a 2019 movie. Directed by Ryan Johnson. Oh, I'm *Knives Out*. *Knives nice. Out*. Ooh, that's I a really good like the fashion. Pick. And, yeah, I really like the fashion in this one. Um, so the movie set in Massachusetts, um, surrounded Sweater by bus. characters that live in prestige, rich, and wealthy, decadent old money homes. Um, their costume and their costumes, I think, complement their characters perfectly. Um, these there are these bold colors mixed with muted natural tones, chic fabrics, gentle patterns, just the right amount of accessories that makes it look elegant, classy, but also with a little bit of an edge that give, gives it a bit of 
ruggedness and personality, um, but also still kind of sticks with that kind of, um, what's the word, like a, I don't know, like, I guess the only way I could think of is like Oxford school kind of look that I kind of like. Um, yeah, like, I felt like, I mean, like, I don't know, it, it, I just really like the look of it, the feeling of all this stuff. It feels cozy, but also like sleek and fashionable. Um, yeah, I really just like the, the look of these costumes, but also like I really do like that they're extensions of the characters because you can tell certain like um, certain characters um, like motivations and like certain things about who they are and their biases and prejudices and the things they lean towards based on like the way they dress. Some people you can tell look very uptight. Some people a lot more loose and more rebellious. Um, and some and, uh, Anna de Armas's character is noticeably underdressed compared to um the what's the name of the family uh shoot the knives out family the knives out family the blocks no that's the that's his one-way blocks that's daniel Daniel craig's yeah the uh the thrombly no that's her is it thrombly 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 i think thrombly yeah i think that's right because yeah, I was like, no, that's her. Because like, that's yeah, that's Theodore Theodore Twombly. Theodore Twombly. Twombly. Yeah. I'm gonna look it up. I think it's the Thrombies. Yeah. It's Thrombi. It's Thrombi. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Harlan so, Thrombi. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Thrombies. Um, but yeah, I I think it works really well. I like how each character kind of has their own distinct look, and it kind of complements the 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 kind of character that they are. And you can gauge a little bit of something when just from looking at them. And I think that works really well for a murder mystery film, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, this person, oh, they look like a villain. Are they the villain? <laughs> you don't know. But yeah, I think it works great. It's fun. And yeah, it just looks fucking sick. I like it. Um, what do you guys think about Knives Out? Uh, I think this is a very good contemporary uh, pick. Because like the the colors the the fabrics that they use i think you nail on the head it it suits every single character and like not only their characterization but also like their views on their own social status you know yeah um and how they want to present themselves within their social status um like you have uh the granddaughter character who sort of is like uh who wants to lean away the most from the family, but like she still kind of wears expensive artsy stuff, even like that still ties her back to her own privilege in her, in this family, you know, even though she doesn't dress the same. And then we have the grandson character who like, he recognizes his privilege and like uses it for not good things like tweeting white nationalist stuff while he's in the toilet and stuff like that. So he's wearing like very preppy outfits, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then of course you have the iconic Chris Evans wearing the sweater, the sweater game. Yeah, the uh, sweater. this movie very much popularized the sweaters in cinema, I'd say. Um, and it's just it's very fucking good. I love the costume. It's very warm. It's very. I'd say this is a good fall time look. Everyone here has really nice fall time looks, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's very nice. What do you think, Brandon? I agree. This is the first time we're like kind of reading into the class other than like the regal look. And like it's like kind of your rich look, you know, your comfortable look. 
Um, you got like all kinds of different styles, like Chris sort of said. You can tell when people are uptight. Like Jamie Lee Curtis's character is far more uptight because she's wearing like fitted suits with like shoulder pads, which are like she's a very powerful woman in the movie, but like she obviously wears the pants in her relationship. Whereas you've got somebody who is like wearing something more comfortable, like a Chris Evans character, because he's comfortable lying about where he is throughout the movie you know and like he's like the kind of like the slacker and rebellious one of the group like chris mentioned so uh colors are also a big one like it's definitely one of those that i feel like is playing upon a style like a a decade but like i don't know which one you know what i mean yeah because it's pulling all these little things and i guess in that sense it's kind of modern but like all the age group of these characters is really all over the place, you know. I get a lot of Agatha Christie, uh, old-style Kenneth Branagh vibes from this movie. Um, where it's like, it's like a throwback to a time that never was, you know. It's like the idealized, another idealized storytelling look, but is very modern in comparison to something like, modern and grounded in comparison to something like my Munchausen pick, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, very good, very good choice. Very nice, very nice. Very nice. All right, nice, 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 nice. All right, I'm going to my last pick here. Um, it is I wanted to do a big grand period piece for mine, one where like the costuming has to be super detail oriented, and um, where the director gets to play with a big, uh, wide variety from the like from us culture from the past. Um, I'm going with a film we've already talked about before on this podcast, but I thought, like, the costumings and the color of the costumes are so fucking cool. I had to choose it. It is Akira Kurosawa's Ran. Um, I thought about this oh, one. Oh, I thought Good one. Very I good thought, one. We chose In the Mood for Love for another stack, right? So, uh, yeah, I, dude, I, I thought I, about I that so one. Sorry. Close, yeah. But I remembered. Um, Sorry. Great Asian cinema ones are just. Like, <laughs> dude. Yeah. Dr- um, yeah. <laughs> uh i i just wanted to shout talk about ran because like it is it is just like the the geese and the kimonos that they wear in this movie are absolutely beautiful like the silk and the patterns that they wear of um the emperor and his three sons but also i feel like the armor like the the warrior armor in this film is so detail oriented and like the fact that like Kurosawa has like hundreds of people wearing this armor and playing with he really does play with color in this film the color of the costumes because you have to sort of represent the three brothers their own sort of factions you know fighting against each other Um, and that's played out through the color of the costumes of the warriors and everything Um, it's just it's such a beautiful film like it's crazy Akira Kurosawa he's a director that's very much I feel like he's very much known for his films in black and white, but is like he is able to master color just as much as he's able to master black and white, which just makes like him all the more impressive as a director. And the colors, the vibrant colors of this rather dark story um, just makes like this, the film all more rich and beautiful, you know? Um, it just it just it feels it feels so historical yet a little bit fantastical which is cool and just beautiful and makes the um 
it makes the scale of this film all the bigger, I feel like, when they're wearing such magnificent costumes, such vibrant, magnificent, beautifully uh, designed costumes. So that's why I had to pick Ran. Uh, what do you guys think? I love this movie. My favorite Kurosawa film, no doubt. Same. Um, yeah, the the scale of this movie, man. Like, the fact like that when this movie came out in the 53, was it? No, 50, the 80s. I think. Was this the 80s movie? Wow, this is sorry. 80s in color. 85. Sorry. I don't know why I said 53. Anyway. Um, yes. Uh, color. What am I doing? Um, <laughs> but yes. Um, yeah, this movie is fantastic. I loved, loved it. The the thing that, yeah, I guess like the big thing about this is like the scale is so, it's like, it's all practical. It's so well done and like it feels so big and it's like at the time, like movies didn't look this big at the time or like a, very rarely did they look this big um the amount of costumes they had to put together and every single one being this intricate um this like this willing to go so far into detail and really capture the the authenticity of like the like like the japanese like imperial army like like samurai like costumes you know it's it's so yeah. it's just a sight to behold like I don't think there's been a samurai film that has like made it this that may has made it feel this epic ever since this movie, and it's so like it's just it's a, it's beautiful to look at, and the colors are so well done. It's just I really like it. I think it's fantastic. Um, I'm trying to think what else to say. Um, it has like this. I mean, you could take any still from this movie and just be like, "Oh, mama, oh, you know? mama, yeah. yeah, yeah," and. That's a testament to not only the the incredible like craft that went to this film, especially in its costumes, but just like overall, yeah, this film's fucking awesome. Like most people, I think we've talked about this before, but like a lot of people say, like, oh, you know, everybody goes to Seven Samurai first when they go to Kurosawa, but everyone knows where the party is and the party's with Ron. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's that's my, my favorite, thoughts. Brandon. My favorite Kurosawa movie so far. Um, I love the costuming in this movie. I love everything about this movie, but it like sort of is like Ethan said, it's like definitely very traditional when it comes to like the design of certain like clothing items. Um, but like color wise and like design in terms of like the patterns and stuff, it does evoke like an almost like an eighties looks, which fits the decade it's set in. Uh, and it's very beautiful and it's epic, you know, like, like something like Lord of the Rings or Russian Ark, like you have so many characters and sets you need to dress that you get a ton of variety, uh, whether that be on a more like personable front or something on a more like battlefront sort of look. Um, you've got that well, a good mix of class and formality um, all over the place. And like, I feel like there's, you could point out any one person in this movie and they're probably wearing something slightly like altered from somebody else or even more so altered. Like it feels like yeah. drastic jumps between mm-hmm. characters and groups. No, like no character wears the same thing in this movie. Whereas like in other movies, you'll have extras in the background walking around and it's like, who cares? You know, but in this yeah. movie, you're like, it's a feast. It's a feast. feast. It feels like every... Yeah costume was handcrafted specifically for that one character and there's like a million soldiers in the film just fighting and like each costume is like 
so detailed in the last. It's just like, whoo, amazing. But the main characters is like iconic as well. Exactly. Or if you could really call him a main character, since they're like it's an ensemble piece. But. Yeah. But yeah, it's just whoo, beautiful, beautiful things that those those folks down there in Japan are wearing. They're wearing some pretty beautiful stuff back in the day. You know that? I think it looks pretty cool. Alrighty, well, there's all of our films, guys. Let's, um, before we figure out this final stack, let's run down all our films one more time. Starting with you, Brandon, what were your best costuming picks? I chose American Beauty, Russian Ark, and Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Yep, not in that order, but there you go again. <laughs> Chris, what are your picks? I'm a menace. <laughs> um, my films were Spencer, Blade Runner, and Knives Out. Nice. And my films were The Grand Budapest Hotel, Thor Ragnarok, and Ran. Such a diverse pick. They're very yeah. diverse. I'm glad we didn't go with anything. Like, I don't think none of us did a Wes Anderson costume. Like, none of them overlap with each other's picks, really. You know, even if they are like similar, like in terms of like like futurism and like. I think I think the ones that overlap the most is. Russian Ark and Baron Uchausen, but that's even that it's so vastly different. I think yeah. those are the like the two that are like the closest. You know? But they're different. You know, like they're so said, different. It's like yeah. dreamlike yeah. and like it's different because it's like, yeah, it capitalizes on that seventeen and eighteen hundreds like style that is yeah. like famous Victorian. But, but even like, then, that's all... that's hundreds of years to go into different, like you know. Yeah. But yeah, we have a wide range of costumes here, and I'm glad we chose that. If, if so now we have to boil down the... just three. Yeah, this is Are this we... is gonna be hard because, like, how do you weld down an entire discipline into three movies? These yeah. are pretty good movies, like for the most part, right? So I'm a- I'm gonna ask you guys this: like, are we picking based on film quality, or are we picking based on costume quality and what blends into the next? Or, like, how do you guys feel about that? I, I, th- I think costume quality, at least in my opinion. Yeah, I think I want to do costume quality, and I want to show a wide range. I don't want to have one blend into the yeah. next in terms of its costumes, because I want to show off what people have made in film, you know, and the and like how different it can, it can be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think... Uh, if we if we're gonna go with a period one, I I'm honestly rooting for Russian Ark. I think the costuming of that looks I would beautiful. I would be I'd be more than happy with Russian Ark. They had yeah. to dress crew members in that movie because yeah. if it's gonna be They'd a be one take movie, yeah. yeah the... Imagine oh, being a gaffer and working on that film and having to dress in like in, one in, of those in dresses and stuff like sheet dresses, <laughs> rolling, bringing out a, sti- a stinger, there, having to hold up. There's your dress. like, there's like two or three scenes where it's like, like two or three scenes max where it's yeah. like contemporary clothing, Quick, but for the, the most part, it's over like, here. <laughs> having a trip it's over. Oh my god! Yeah. I kind of want to see a film about how this film was made, but yeah, it's a. I I would like recommend this film to anybody, and I think it's a good pick for our stack. Yeah, I'm I would. I would. I'm. I would love to put Russian Ark on this. Yeah. Um, I'd like to put a like a futurism sci-fi kind of deal. I agree with that. I think Blade Runner is our pick for that one. Like, I don't think I'd be happy to put Blade Runner. That that's I, honestly I I it's choose. genre defining. The like the costuming of the Blade cyberpunk Runner. look. Yeah. yeah, like the it defined a whole. I wouldn't genre. say defining. 
What? I wouldn't say it was the defining one. What, what, what like, do you think before that, though? Like, all cyberpunk I've, aesthetic comes from Blade Runner. Did Ghost in the Shell come out soon? No, it didn't. No, no that's 90s. 90s and, and Akira key, came out in yeah. 88. Uh, Low-key, yeah. I think Blade Runner might have helped with at least start it. it. It probably pulled elements from a bunch of different stuff, but... To like, I think Alphaville. Beginning. Look at Alphaville from the 1960s, a French film that was probably like a big inspiration for that 80s aesthetic yeah the 80s futurism i'm lo- I'm looking up what the origin it's is. a godard movie oh yeah yeah oh yeah, wow. i think i don't know i think blade runner I'll... is a pretty significant film I will... what was your fantastical yeah. pick ethan thor ragnarok Oh yeah. Okay, we're going Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> so um, what's our what's our final one? Because we we have period piece and we have wild like, card picks, sci-fi. So I think our final one has to be a wild card because I feel like those are the two big ones. So let's let's have some fun with this last one. Okay. okay. So I did American Beauty. Ethan did. I don't. I don't really have a wild card one. I mean, I mean, Grand Budapest. Yeah, you, you, like nah. that's a that's super stylized uh period piece. Like it's not. Yeah. It's not realistic period piece, you know, because it's like that's true. It brings we could in such fantastic. But I also feel like we no. Ron we should could use be that. So yeah. many places. Yeah. Do you want to use that right now? No. No. We could use that I for like Shakespeare it. films down the line. Yeah. Um. Son of a bitch. I don't know. Um, Maybe American Beauty, because like that's just you made like, a good cool. argument for that. Honestly, yeah. I would not be opposed to that. I wouldn't be opposed either. Sounds. Yeah, and then Chris, what was your last wild card pick? Sorry, just Chris's wild card was Knives Out. I don't know. Knives Out was my wild card mm. pick. Not even that wild. Not. I, not, not I would wild. want if I'm gonna do anything. There's two that we gotta pick one side of the spectrum. We gotta pick my well thought out analysis of a film. The costumes are like <laughs> more blended with the characters, or yeah. like the highly stylized look of something like a uh, Grand Budapest. Because I feel like with we've caught our like future and we've got our past all like like mm-hmm. cinched up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Be- because Russian Ark does have contemporary stuff. It came out in the early two thousands, around the time of um, American Beauty. Um, but I it doesn't dwell on it for very long at all. Like it's brief stints. Think like the two popes, you know, where they're in that museum having conversations. Think that, you know. Yeah. With like r- random patrons, um, but yeah, I don't know. I- I'll leave it up to you guys to decide which of those uh, I- two you guys want. I want to go American Beauty. I thought your analysis of that I was honestly, pretty. Your analysis works. I- Out of left field and surprising, you. you know. Okay. One of the rare times the wild card pick makes it in. Okay. Yeah, and I like It'll it. Be fair. Yeah. All right, All order. Right. Order here. <laughs> Do you want to go in timeline? Past, present, future? Yeah. Even though when you watch Russian Arc, you're watching... I guess it's all past now. It's all it's past. Like... Right? Yeah, well, but technically American Beauty is too. But like you said, that style is kind of coming back for yeah. better or for worse. Well, it's this is a mm. chronological order, I'd say. Mm. Of showing the past of early 20th maybe even earlier than that 19th and 18th century then mm-hmm. we get uh 
early 21st century. Uh, <laughs> and then you got 21st century. <laughs> Technically. Yeah, then we got, yeah, then we just got futurism. Um, so, yeah. What do you, what do you think of that? That that sounds like a good, a good order, right, guys? I like that. I like it. Alrighty. Past, uh, present, future, or past, couple years ago, future. <laughs> yeah. All right. So which one am I gonna present on? I'm gonna. <laughs> I'll do. I'll, I want to do the first one, Brandon. I'm gonna present on Russian Ark, even though I've never seen. Okay. <laughs> All right. So this is stacks. Uh. Final stack of the three films that we think represent the best costuming in cinema, starting with Russian Ark. I don't remember who directed this, this movie, um, but it's about uh, it's a single shot film that that captures Russia throughout time, and with that comes a plethora of extravagant evolution of Russian fashion, of high fashion, um, and costuming. <laughs> I've never seen this movie before, but it sounds pretty fucking cool. Russian arc. Everybody, let's say, yay, Russia on three. <laughs> no. Oh, should I, should I mention what I texted to the Yeah, I only said that because Chris just texted us something. Do you want to say, Chris? Okay, so, guy, um, breaking news. Uh, in the middle of this podcast recording, uh, President Putin has ordered uh, Russian troops to enter Eastern pro-Russian uh, uh, Eastern pro-Russian region of Ukraine. Um, we don't know what this might mean and larger implications for what the world has been very anxious about the last couple of weeks. Um, yeah, anyway, we have a we have an interesting habit of uh, recording at very interesting times in the, on our planet. Yeah. Mo- Monday nights. Monday nights. About Shit Monday goes nights. down. Everybody Garfield was right. Garfield was right. Monday sucks. Fuck Mondays, dude. First Betty White, now this. Are you kidding me? Uh, all right, well, we'll all right, find a out. Russian art. That's our first pick. What's our second pick, Brandon? Our second pick is a very nuanced costumed film in American Beauty, a suburban masterpiece that somehow tackles the hipster realities of the 90s with the uh, falling apart of certain gazes that we are so well accustomed to in the modern day. American Beauty. Hell yeah. Chris, what's our last film? Uh, wrap it up for us. Our last film is Ridley Scott's 1982 sci-fi defining classic Blade Runner, an incredible movie about humanity and artificial intelligence and all that stuff, but also a beautiful aesthetic complemented by some amazing, amazing costume design. And that's our stack, everybody. And that is, yep. That's it. That's how we do it. That's how we talk about costumes. Uh, there are so many costumes in film. I feel like people have so many different tastes on what a good costume is. Please, if you're listening to this, let us know what are your favorite costumes in movies. You know, I want to. I want to see because we had a wide variety here of what our little takes were on costuming. I want to hear yours. So leave them down in the comments below, uh, and fucking rate Click us right here on everything. You... What? what Uh, click right here if you want to see more